0: salutations peace and blessings you're listening to the kneel down podcast i am your host the commission the 2022 nfl draft is in the books it is done for this year and i want to congratulate all of the selectors selectees of the nfl draft i want to shout out all the teams that made valiant efforts To select the winning players, if you want to call them winning players, but the players that will at some point make an impact on their team. And I don't know offhand if the guys that these people have researched and have watched hours of film on uh, are satisfied with the guys that they have on the team. I think it's just a question of what they feel fit whatever necessities was possible for their offense and defense and special teams, and this is the end result. Like I've said to many people before, there's no science when it comes to selecting players for a team. It's just a question of how much do you know of these players at the time that you are about to select them. So, if you're not, dare I say, knowledgeable of these players, if you're not knowledgeable of what they've done over the last season or two, then you might not have had the best of drafts. And if you didn't have more than maybe five or six picks in this draft, then maybe you didn't have the best of drafts. It was imperative to have as many picks as you could if it meant trying to improve your team. If your name Comes up more than maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times this draft, then because it was because you knew you needed as many guys as you could to benefit so that you could make this team a better team. I saw one team, I believe it was the New York Giants. Shout out to New York, you did a great job. And I'll go into what I felt about these teams in just a minute, but for what I saw on draft day when it was over, after the third day of draft day, what I saw was that the Giants selected not just 10 guys, I believe it was 15 guys in this draft. It could have been an exaggeration. Maybe it wasn't 15. It could have been 13. It could have easily been 14. It might have been 16. It's just the point that for the New York Giants and where they are, His name was Brian Dable and Joe Schoen. With these two guys there in office selecting a new New York football Giants team, every pick that they made had to be correct. Maybe not perfect, but correct. What I mean by that is, if you knew you needed a playmaker on offense, the New York football Giants took the timeout to select the playmaker. If they knew they needed somebody on defense that will slap you across the face the moment you cross the line, that's what the Giants did. And there were other teams that did just that over the last few days. And again, I congratulate all these teams for taking the time to investigate these guys and look over what these people are all about, profiles and all, to understand that we need to know who we're going to draft before we do so. And I don't know about you guys, but of all the letters and words and names that came up, there were three letters that came up consistently in this draft. Time's up. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about the letters U-G-A. (laughs) UGA. Or, for those that understand anything about UGA in the abbreviation, it stood for the University of Georgia. Georgia alone had 15 players selected in the draft. 15 total. The most of any draft period within seven rounds of those 15 I believe eight of those players were on defense so if you're a team that's looking to improve their defense chances are you could have done a great job of selecting somebody from Georgia knowing that they gave you the best possibilities of improving your defense Now, no, that is not foolproof. No, I'm not saying that if you didn't pick somebody from Georgia that your team is trash. But for what I saw Green Bay do, they, they went out and picked not one, but two guys from Georgia in the first round. And then I saw what Philly did, and they picked not one, but two Georgia players on defense for that team. So, maybe people can understand the theme here if your defense needs to improve select somebody from UGA select somebody that you knew when you saw that championship game against Alabama can do that much for your team moving forward and I ain't mad at nobody I ain't mad at a soul if you feel as though these guys from Georgia are going to help improve your team because I can only hope that they do but that's only from a fan's perspective the commission would be the first one to tell you that the washington commander shout out to those guys didn't pick a soul from georgia that not from what i saw from. i could be wrong but based off the names and based off of the the rounds that i read over front and back up and down left and right i did not see washington take anybody from Georgia, but they did take a few guys from Alabama, shout out to Alabama there, University Alabama, roll tide, these guys, they're just as freakish as the guys from Georgia, call the wash, call what you want. I know what it meant for teams like Washington and others that selected guys from Alabama just how important it is to make sure their team runs better in the upcoming season. And there were other selections. There were other rec- I won't call them recruits. There are other people that were selected in the draft that will make an impact on other teams as well. But I'm giving you a special episode here because I'm going to give you my own analysis on what I gathered from the draft with the winners, the teams that I feel won in the draft and the not-so-winners in the draft. That's just my take. I know it's, it's, I understand. I said not-so-winners. That's how I'm going to label them, because they're still winners at heart. They're still teams that went out there and drafted well. It's just that they they, they didn't compete. They could not compete with these other teams that drafted extraordinarily well. When I think about the Jets and Giants, they did an outstanding job drafting. And Joe Douglas may not get enough credit for what he's done thus far in the last few years. But that's in large part because of what we see with the Jets as a whole and how they just somehow fail at having a winning season. Maybe it turns around this season. Maybe they've improved from what they gathered last season and last season's draft to where they are now where they understand what it is that they need from these players. They don't have to have players that feel like they can control the team. It's up to the team from this point on to be able to control the players and to make them outstanding athletes and to make them champions. Ultimately, that's what this is about. The draft is to find champions for your team. And there are teams that do an outstanding job of drafting, like Baltimore. Without fail, these guys know how to draft. Shout out to the Baltimore Ravens. I look at what uh, the Texans did this year. They did an outstanding job in the draft. Shout out to Houston, Nick Casario, a GM I really don't give a whole lot of credit to for the way he handled things with Deshaun Watson. I'm giving a little bit of credit tonight because I think he had an outstanding draft for that team and what they need to do to improve that team. And I think they've done some great work, and I think they put in the time to, to really study what these people, these players, are all about. And I can only hope that they succeed down the road. But of those three teams, I just mentioned the Texans, there were two other teams that I felt needed to be recognized. And outside of what the Panthers have done and the Colts have done, it's still the fact that there are three teams that I saw in this draft that were winners to me, to the commish. And those three teams were the Packers, the Texans, as I just mentioned, and the Eagles. And I'm going to touch a little bit on each team right now with the Packers addressing the fact that they needed more receivers for their most valuable player in that team Aaron Rodgers the 200 million dollar man or the 150 million dollar man needed new receivers they got rid of their best weapon in Devonte Adams in a trade and decided to let go of Marquez Scanling and now we have new receivers to take their place They select a receiver in the second round in Watson, another receiver in the fourth round in Dubes or Dobes, and another receiver in the seventh round in Toure. And they went out there and got offensive linemen to help better that offense. Bravo. That's what you do in the draft. You understand where the needs are. The needs are with the offensive line. The needs are with weapons for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball to. Now, are there anything in comparison to Devontae Adams or Donald Driver or Greg Jennings or Jordy Nelson? Maybe not. But therein lies the rub. Aaron Rodgers made those receivers, not the other way around. And it's not to criticize those receivers for what they did in their time with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's just the fact that GM Brian Gutenkoos understands and realizes and has realized that for this team, the Green Bay Packers, to be successful, it wasn't about Devontae Adams. And it wasn't about the other receivers that they had. They just had to find faster, younger, quicker perhaps even bigger receivers to do the same job for less the price and perhaps the packers stumbled on that in this past draft so for that i say bravo to the packers i just mentioned the texans under head coach lovey smith shout out to lovey smith let me tell you i'm a lovey smith fan I saw what he did with a lot of these teams when he was coaching these teams. That includes the Buccaneers and the Bears. And, and and people don't realize that Lovey Smith was in the Super Bowl. Lovey Smith is a Super Bowl coach. People don't want to give him his props. He deserves it. He is redeemed with this Houston team. And I can only pray that they keep this guy around for more than just three seasons. Because it would be a detriment to that organization knowing or not even knowing just how, how superb, how awesome a coach Levy Smith is. And he showed his own magic by going after Derek Stingley Jr., third overall pick from LSU, as his shutdown corner. And then he went out there and got a top-rated safety in the third round with Petrie. From Baylor, and ended it with Christian Harris in the third round from Alabama, outstanding linebacker, lateral movement, everything, big, strong, fast. You know the routine. You you know what it's all about. The Texans know what it's all about. This is what they need to do to better improve the defense to give them a fighting chance in that division of the AFC South, because the Jacksonville Jaguars are loaded. I don't have them as a winner, but they could have, they could very well be a winner on my list as well. We'll have to wait and see on that. And the last team I want to show some love to, I guess if it's a question of showing some love, would be to the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a team that was in the playoffs. Newsflash, the Eagles did make the playoffs. Some people may say, did they really? Did, yes, they really made the playoffs. And even though they got smoked by Tampa Bay, that wasn't their fault. It really wasn't their fault. Coach Sirianni has to do a better job with his team, and he will. He found a way to execute this draft well enough to pick up some solid players. He even took the time out to trade for A.J. Brown, who's now on that receiving team. With a Jalen Hurts that's brand new to the offense itself. You're providing the offense with the weapons needed to go out there and do damage against the NFC East. That is, of course, is wide open for all those to win. Mind you, they went out there and picked up not one but two players from UGA and Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean. So they've improved their defense. They've made others, they've made other moves to help improve. That that team itself as a whole, but it's still the fact that they understood what was needed to make this team a successful team. Nobody can be upset with that. Those are my winners to me in this draft. Of course, there were others, but these teams understood what they needed the most and went out there and did not fail at it. They went out there and picked up the best player that they could based on where they were in the draft and what was available. So I commend those teams right now on the success of the draft. There were some teams that were not so much winners. They didn't really do a great job with their draft. I don't think they really put in the time to understand what they really need. And I've said this before. Sometimes with GMs and head coaches, you see names. You see names the same way you may see the word Mercedes or the way you may see the word BMW if that's a word or you may see the word Porsche it's the fact that the name stands out regardless of what the automobile can do and the same can be said about these players when you just see the name without even knowing what type of production you can get out of these people. But it didn't hurt for them to to trade up when they felt it was necessary to go after some of these guys that we never even heard of before. And there weren't too many teams that were not so winners this past season. It was just the fact that from what I saw in this draft, there might have been two teams that stood out of my mind that failed to execute at picking up players that could help benefit that team. I saw what New England did. They had a decent draft, but you didn't have to trade up to get Cole Strange. You didn't have to. You could have waited till the second round, perhaps even the third round for this guy, but you didn't. So you felt the need to invest all your money in this guy. Oh, that's an exaggeration. You didn't. (laughs) You didn't. You you, you took the time out to give this first round pick first round money. I don't know how much he's going to get, maybe somewhere between 10 to 20 mil for the next three or four seasons. But was that the guy you really wanted in the first round? Was that the guy you really was shooting for? You traded up the 29th to get? I mean, come on. Dallas, what are you doing? I'm looking at Dallas cross-eyed. I'm like, what What? What exactly did you do picking up Taylor Smith in the first round from Tulsa? Who is this dude? What? What, what did he do? That you felt as though you really had to go after him. I don't think they traded up for this guy. I hope they they did. I I didn't read up on that. They might have. Maybe they traded down. But for Tyler Smith, somebody that you picked up, you could have waited on him. There was no sense of urgency to have this man. And maybe you saw something. Maybe there was a, a move he made in some type of game that thought, that made you feel as though he was the one. But there were others. There were other offensive linemen you could have gone after that could have made as much, if not more, of a difference on that team. But you went with this one. Fine. Whatever. Detroit. Shout out to Detroit. Had a good draft. But do you trade up from 32 to 12 for a receiver with a torn ACL? Really? Is that what we do? Jamison Williams, I get it. He is a lightning bolt. But this is a player that even if you had to trade up, did you have to trade up 20 spots for this guy? I mean, I I, I get it. You you want your receivers to help complement the offense. And I don't think they would have been striking out if they had some other receiver. But why would you trade up so high for this guy? with a torn ACL, he cannot be effective now, and he may not be effective until a season or so later. So why trade up so high, give up so much stock value for the one guy with a torn ACL? Some things is just, it, it it boggles my mind. I, I can't sit here and try to break it down to give you guys a better understanding of what I saw. But anytime you pick up a hurt player, and you trade up for this guy, several picks, or even a round. If you if you go from the second round to the first round, hopefully this guy is such an extraordinary talent that when he is healed, that he can make that type of move or transition that fast to help improve that team. That's the only thing you can hope for, and maybe it'll come to fruition. Maybe the time will come when Jameson Williams will stand out like Devontae Smith did last year. But you're really hoping, you're really taking a huge reach at that. But there's one team that stood out that was not such a winner in this draft. And I can't for the life of me understand why they did what they did. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, I just don't think get it. And I'm not gonna try to figure out who the GM is. I forget the brother's name. It may not be relevant. But explain to me how you trade. I'm sorry. Let me backtrack. Let me let me try to break this down in such a way we guys can understand. You went after Kenny Pickett, first pick in the draft. Well, the first pick of your draft, of the Steelers draft. He went 20th in the first round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bravo, you did that much. You got him. But you go through the rest of the draft, if if you had even seven picks for this draft, you didn't address the offensive line at all, which is where they struggled the most. We saw what Najee Harris had to go through with that offensive line that was abysmal. You did nothing to improve that offensive line. But yet you took the time out you took the time out to get not one quarterback in the draft but two what was the point of getting two quarterbacks this draft what did you see in kenny pickett that you felt as though you know what this quarterback in the seventh round may be useful for us really i've seen that happen before in washington and all you had was scrutiny all you had was was sour looks. you had people rolling their eyes and separating themselves in the locker room it causes friction and whether this guy in the seventh round had a chance to be a quarterback for that team, you still did not address the offensive line that needed the most help. You went out and got a receiver and George Pickens. That's great. You went out there and got other guys on defense. That was wonderful. But you did not address the offensive line. You didn't do it last draft. So what is it that you guys know about the offensive line that we don't see? Because based on what we saw in the playoffs, it was pathetic. Whether it was the offensive line or the fact that the defense just fell apart or was gassed. Nothing about the Pittsburgh Steelers last year gave us any impression that they were going to be ready for this upcoming season unless they address the offensive line. You can get offensive pieces all you want. You could have gotten five more running backs. If the offensive line is horrible, there is no production. It doesn't make a difference who the quarterback is either. I can only hope and pray that Kenny Pickett will be an outstanding talent for that team. And I think he will. I think that the motivation and the confidence and that swag that he has will pay dividend in that system with that team. However, if that offensive line gives up so many sacks to this man, you might as well chalk this season for the Steelers as a loss. So says the commission. There were other teams that I felt as though stood out in my mind and did well. And I mentioned the Panthers and the Colts. Washington football team, excuse me, Washington Commanders did well. I mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, there were some teams that really understood what they needed to do. utilize what time and resources to find guys that could fit. I saw what the Los Angeles Chargers was able to do. Go Chargers, go. I even saw what the Las Vegas Raiders did. I mean, these guys, these teams... These GMs, I think, best understand what the business of football is truly all about because they went out there and not only just picked up more picks, but picked up guys that were talented. Could be gems. Guys throughout the fourth to seventh round that could really make an impact on that team. That's what you want. That's what you want moving forward for this upcoming season. You can only hope and pray that things improve with the team that you have, but there's usually no guarantees behind. There usually isn't. But these teams stood out in my mind the most based off the production and the progress that they made with their teams. And like I said before, I'm no hater. I like to see each team do well in the upcoming season, but there's no guarantee to that. There's no guarantee for the Packers that the receivers that they picked up will really make an impact on their team. We just know that Aaron Rodgers is still the man and one of the richest players in the NFL. That seems to be constant. But what good is to have a rich quarterback if you have a lousy team? Doesn't really make much difference, right? Russell Wilson, great quarterback, but if the team is lousy, if the offense does not improve, just how good, just how great will Russell Wilson be? It's indicative of a lot of other things in the league. So we have to wait and see if what we saw in this draft comes to fruition for everyone, for them that all have a fighting chance to be successful. So says the commission, you have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast again. I tell you guys that I am the commission. I want to thank all of those that have been listening to my podcast to this point. It means that much to me, that everybody listen more to this podcast. All I try to do is give you a good show. And sometimes my eyes are in pain from watching the TV screen for so long, but you know what? I dedicate this time to you guys because there's just so much that's going on that you need to know that there's only one way to get a better understanding of the show is that the commission breaks it down to you himself. With that being said, I wish everybody the best of what's left of their weekends and into the upcoming week. Of course, I'll be touching about the NBA soon enough. We're moving on to the second round of the playoffs. So you know I got to give you my two cents or 30 minutes of what I believe the next round of the NBA will be all about. But until then, I want to end this by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated.